It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. We are stoked that you are listening. Uh, we believe that you're more than listeners. Uh, to quote Brian Kelly, you're family. And we're glad that you're listening to us. Absolutely. Welcome back to another episode albeit a special episode following the national championship game between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. Usually our episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m., but on National Championship Tuesday, we put out a little later episode because we both have full-time jobs and it's pretty late when the game is over. <laughs> so we we call an audible every year and say, hey, we're going to we're gonna wait a few hours to put an episode out a little bit later. That gives the opportunity for me to be here with my co-host, Darren, who has been traveling all over the great state of Louisiana and is back home. Darren, man, what a game. And we'll get into that a little later. But Well, first of all, you say because we both have full-time jobs, and we can blame that, but let's be honest. It's also because it's late and, well, we're old. So that, <laughs> 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 that definitely has something to do with it as well. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, you know it was an impactful game, an exciting game. Edge of your oh wait, never mind, wrong game, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but it's good to see. Uh, it was good to see Georgia do what they do. We'll get more into that in just a little bit. But but still, no matter what, it's been a great season and, and a national championship game. It's fun to watch, no matter what goes on. Yeah, sixty-five to seven. I believe that's four in a row for the SEC. Yes. And we'll get in that a little later. But we have some big news uh, about some returning players. And, and topping the list is Cam Rising, who announced that he will be returning to Utah for his senior year. A great campaign he had this past year. This is a this is huge news for Utah. Yep, it very much is. It, and you know, when, when you are a program like Utah that that does not necessarily bust the numbers. You know, they don't recruit on the level that a Georgia and LSU and Alabama. Even you know, even within their own conference, a USC, they don't recruit on that level. So their strength is we'll get them in, we'll develop them, and then we can get you know two and three good years out of them. So for someone that has developed the way he has in today's football world, to not only say I'm not going to head to the NFL, but I'm also not going to head anywhere else. I'm going to come back and let's see what we can do next year. That's that's. That used to be big news, but it's even bigger news now. It's, it's a really big deal that he's willing to, to, to take that step and do that for his, for his team. How much of, of this is a result of NIL? You know, you, you would think it has to play a factor. Unless your guy's going to get drafted very, very high up uh, and you're really, really secure in that, you know, that's what all of the experts are telling you. Yeah, you, know, you would think NIL factors in. It, why why go and take a chance when now there's money that that still is big money? No, is it generational money most of the time in NIL? No, but it's still nice money. You're still able to make a difference for your family, especially if you're somebody in that position. So you would assume that definitely makes a difference. Yeah, great news for Utah. Other big news in the transfer portal revolves around a quarterback as well, and that's Sam Hartman, who announced that he is transferring to Notre Dame. What does this do for the Irish, Darren? Well, you know, you can see the troubles that they had this year and the issues they had with quarterback and and, and consistency mm-hmm. at that position. 
you know, that's going to make a big, big deal. It's one of the missing pieces uh, that they've had. Uh, I think you can say that pretty confidently if you look at the way their season is. And he is a proven asset. Now, I will say this. The Wake Forest offense is kind of a weird, that slow mesh. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how he functions within Notre Dame's offense when you don't have kind of that Uh, for lack of a better term, peculiar edge to your offense. But still, that being said, I mean, he's obviously an asset. He's proven himself year in and year out. Uh, And so I don't know that I understand it, if we just want to be really honest. But nonetheless, a big pickup for Notre Dame, a a really good get for them. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm not sure it makes them national championship contenders. But it does, it may improve them. Yes. Speaking of the transfer portal, it closes on January 19th. You have some interesting information. Uh, Speaking of the national championship game, uh, the transfer portal discrepancy between Georgia and TCU. Well, transfer portal and just overall recruiting. Uh, You you know, TCU, there was a lot of conversation by the commentators last night about how Georgia didn't do anything with uh, with the transfer portal. And TCU had done a ton with the transfer portal, brought in some really big stars. It really contributed. But when you look at what Kirby Smart and Georgia are doing, when they f- took the field last night, this is complete, not just starters, or obviously not just starters when I throw out the numbers, but complete roster when you look at it from top to bottom, either through recruiting or transfer portal, the amount of four- and five-star players that took the field for TCU the number was 17. Now, as somebody that's a Vanderbilt fan, I'm impressed by that number. <laughs> but that being said, Georgia, when their you know, 100, 115 guys, whatever it is, came running out onto the field, there were 68 four- and five-star players. That is a dramatic difference and really is a testament to what Kirby Smart and, and, and the, the, the crew at Georgia are doing in recruiting, in transfer portal, in the whole thing. They are attracting – they're doing what we used to talk about Alabama doing. That, mm-hmm. To have that many four- and five-star guys on the field. And it really is not only an accomplishment for what they're bringing in, but it's an accomplishment or it says a lot about how they're maintaining. Because, you know, in today's transfer portal world, if I'm a four- and five-star and this is my second year where I haven't started – or last year was my second year where I, man, I, and most teams, I'm out of there. And when you look at what they do in the transfer portal, it's not losing, it's not leaving, it's people coming in. Mm-hmm. And they get to be very, very selective because they already have that many four and five stars on the team. So it's really amazing what they're able to do in recruiting and transfer portal. Yeah, very, very impressive. takes us into this week in sports history, which is simply this. Georgia repeats. Exactly. (laughs) Georgia is the first team to repeat in uh, more than 10 seasons. The last time someone was a national repeat national championship was the 11 and 12 seasons when Nick Saban and his Alabama Crimson Tide pulled that off. Prior to that, you have Nebraska in the 94-95 season. So we're looking at a 40-year a time span 
where uh, our 30 year time span, sorry, a 30 year time span where this has happened three times. So it's literally a, a once in a decade thing. And Georgia pulled that off. So that's that's a pretty big moment in sports history uh, to be to be able to say that. So Georgia is our repeat or back to back national champions. Oh, thank you. So let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Well, at least the first half, because that was really the only thing that was even partially a game. You know, the amazing thing that really stands out to you is what the drives looked like in the first half for both teams. So Georgia had six drives. The result of their drives, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. <laughs> Pretty incredible. TCU also had six drives, which looked a little bit different than Georgia's. Punt, fumble, touchdown, punt, interception, interception. And truthfully, when you look at that one drive that resulted in a touchdown, there's a 60-yard pass from Dugan to Davis that was busted coverage by Georgia. Uh, They had two receivers go in, one went out, and, and the defensive backs for Georgia took the route in with the ones that went in and left that one uh, receiver, Davis, out there by himself. So really, honestly, we're one busted coverage away from this being a 65 to nothing shutout. It, it really was incredible how strong Georgia was. 39 plays, 334 yards in the first half at 8.56 yards per play. And really, honestly, you have that one busted coverage. It looks like TCU might hang with them a little bit strong. Georgia goes up 17-7 on the next possession. And and the rumble downhill of of the avalanche that was going to come upon TCU really started with their next possession. So Georgia scores, goes up 17-7. TCU punts. Georgia scores and only takes 11 plays at 8.36 yards per play. Then it's, it was 6.34 to go in, in the half. TCU throws the interception. And then at that point, you've got touchdown and touchdown with another interception in between those. And, and they did the first score to go up 31-7. 11 plays, six yards per play was the drive. And then the next to go up 38-7 to after the second interception for TCU was two plays, 22 yards, 11 yards per play. So it wasn't just a matter of, that they were scoring, it's how they were scoring. It was dominant drives, a mix of dominant drives and, and quick strikes. They were basically doing what they wanted when they wanted. So, yes, there was still a whole game left to play, but really, honestly, at 6.34 to go in the second half, the the, the technical knockout had taken place. It was a TKO already. Georgia, even though I'm sure TCU, some TCU fans had some hope when Georgia comes out, three plays, seven yards, their first drive of the second half. But really, honestly, there was no doubt. Again, we're one play away, one busted uh, coverage uh, on Georgia's part away from this being a 65 to nothing shutout. You just cannot say enough about what this Georgia team did last night. And a big part of that Georgia team is Stetson Bennett. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You just can't 
You know, we've talked quite a bit about Stetson Bennett, and, and we've talked about on this show how he is, is often honestly maligned, uh, even, e- even when he is, uh, even on his own team, uh, when he came in as a walk-on and then left and went to play uh, Juco ball, came back from Juco ball. And, you know, it was funny last night in the uh, in post-game interviews, I think it was on like SEC Today or SEC Wrap-Up or SEC Final. Uh, I'll get through – I'll go through all their shows. I'll finally get to the right one. Uh, on SEC Final, uh, they asked Kirby Smart, you know, when you gave uh, Stetson Bennett his kind of curtain call – uh, to be able to get his basically his standing O, you know, similar to what they do in baseball games when the guy comes out of the the dugout and tips his cap, you know, they, he gave he gave Stetson Bennett that moment and he talked to him, uh, or, or you know, whispered to him and and he they said, what did you say to Stetson Bennett? He said, well, I told him I was proud of him, I told him I loved him, and then I finally apologized to him for making him third string when he came back to us, uh, which I thought was pretty funny but also pretty accurate. So even in Georgia, the very thing that he said he always wanted to do. He was always looked at as not really a possibility, never going to get here. So I just want to throw out very quickly the the last five championship or playoff games that Stetson Bennett has been a part of. And that was obviously last night against TCU, last week against Ohio State, the SEC championship game against LSU, then the championship national championship game last year against Alabama, and their semifinal against Michigan. In those games, Stetson Bennett is 101 for 153 passing for 1,500 yards, 16 TDs, one interception. She had 23 rushes for 59 yards and three TDs. So in five playoff or championship games, he is responsible for 26 touchdowns and passed at a 67% completion rating. Uh, That means that on average, when you put the guy that nobody wanted to make their starter, (laughs) including Georgia, uh, you know, they did everything they could to make JT Daniel the starter until he got hurt even last year. So the guy that nobody wanted to, to make their starter, when you put him in a playoff and or championship game scenario, he is on average 20 for 30 with 303 yards, three TDs, and an additional 12 to 20 yards uh, rushing, depending on, depending on how you look at those numbers. So just one more little stat to throw. That means on average, when Stetson Bennett touches the ball, he's going to get 10 yards through the air, almost three yards with his feet every single time he touches the ball and he's going to be responsible for multiple TDs in each game. I mean, think about that. 26 TDs in five games. That's five TDs a game. And this is against Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Michigan, TCU. This is not against, you know, Longhorn State or, you know, whoever it is. Those are incredible numbers. So I think the big thing that we have to say at the conclusion of this is, yes, was the game a little anticlimactic as far as being 65 to 7? It was, but it was not anticlimactic to see Stetson Bennett just do it one more time and do it that well. 
His numbers last night, I didn't say this, so sorry. And remember, this is basically in three quarters. He, he really didn't even play in the fourth quarter. 18 of 34, 304 yards, four TDs, 39 rushing yards with two TDs. So he had five uh, – he was responsible for five touchdowns last night. So once again, living up to his average. What you just cannot say enough positive about Stetson Bennett. There's just – he he sealed the deal. He made it known. He left no doubt. This guy was the right choice. Does Georgia have incredible talent around him? Yeah, absolutely. But go back and watch the game. Even if you just, you know, if you have, let's let's talk about this one more time this season, the YouTube TV key plays. <laughs> go back and watch that. Is there incredible talent around him? Absolutely. But look at the accuracy of his passes. The guys that he hits in the hands. I mean, they, they they almost have no choice but to catch the ball. <laughs> so that doesn't have anything to do with the talent around you. If you can, with pressure coming at you, hit someone in the hands that frequently, that is your talent level. That's it's not just the t- level of the talent around you. That is your talent level coming through. It, it was an incredible feat uh, for the team to be back-to-back champions and an absolutely amazing feat that no one saw coming for Stetson Bennett to be the quarterback that leads that team to two uh, national champions. Yeah, no doubt. He's living the dream. What oh, an yeah. incredible career. Even if you're not a Georgia fan, you've got to appreciate Stetson Bennett's journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, we also have – I'll switch um, – switch, what's the word I'm looking for here? Switch modes, switch, I don't know. I go back to that old thing. We're going to switch what we're talking about. I can't come up with a word. Yeah. We have our back-to-back champion with our within our Brew and Shavers sports uh, stratosphere, or we'll go with stratosphere. It's early in the morning. It's National Championship Day. Does it matter, right? <laughs> in our... Brew and Shaver's world, we also have our Stetson Bennett. Well, the one thing we have to say, though, is we can't say, well, we didn't really see that coming. We really didn't see him being a, a back-to-back champion because, well, we did. Nobody is surprised by this because, man, this dude is just good. Our Brew and Shaver Sports Bowl Mania Group champion is Pape's Perfect Picks. And that means that Zach Pape is our back-to-back champion. He won our regular season pick'em, and he won our Bowl Mania pick'em. But we also have to give some props to Hostage Sports Fan and Bigfoot Search Crew, who rounded out the top three and stayed strong. Really, honestly, it came down to Zach uh, had Georgia as the national champ, and uh, Hostage Sports Fan and Bigfoot Search Crew both had TCU as their uh, national champions. So they took the chance. Both of those, those, those two did with Hostage Sports Fan and Bigfoot Search Crew. They took the chance. Uh, if TCU won, they were obviously going to be the champions, or, or at least it would have come down to the tiebreaker. But, but Zach stood strong, went with Georgia, who was the favorite, and came out once again, not only as the Bowl Mania Pick'em Champion, but our back-to-back Pick'em Champion. He basically ran the table. Now, do you, do you have anything to say about Zach being our 
ta- run the table champion in our pick them throughout this season. I think it's a reminder that we probably should uh, exclude engineers from being part of our. Uh, <laughs> We have a motion on the table. I <laughs> motion approved. <laughs> but I tell you what, he's been. I mean, you, you just can't say enough about Zach as far as uh, he um, is able to pick. And man, not only is he, is he able to pick uh, college games, but you know we're in a a fantasy football league with him as well. And every time I play him, he embarrasses me. So the amount of points that his team scores on me, so. Maybe we should make a rule about. Maybe we should make Zach commissioner of Pickham. That way, he can't participate. Maybe that's. <laughs> He's definitely an analytics guy. Yes, that is absolutely the case. He is an, a definite and, and man knows it, understands it, and knows how to apply it. That is for sure. So, congratulations to Zach. Thank you for all those who participated. Yes, absolutely. This year. And we're already looking for next year. Looking oh, forward to next year. Yes. I know several places have their way too early top 25 for next year, and and I'm sure we'll be coming out with one pretty soon. But kind of like what Mike Tomlin says, uh, we're we're not going to move as fast as the other teams. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take our time here, uh, but we'll be putting together our uh, preseason top 25 pick. But we've got NFL playoffs to talk about still. We have college basketball that's heating up as we head toward March. So there's a lot on the agenda for us to talk about. In the time being. Yeah. So as always, thank you so much for uh, for listening to the show. New episodes drop, except for National Championship That's right. Week. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Available on your favorite podcast platform. You can listen at any time that's convenient for you. So until next week, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or text to our text line, 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. See you next week.